Yeah, you're kicking it with Courtney Lee With a mental and a business me Where you can grow even spiritually And shift your whole damn reality Yeah, you're kicking it with Courtney Lee I'm where your soul and your spirit be Because you know that we're all energy Yeah, you're kicking it with Courtney Lee episode of the Kicking It With Courtney Lee podcast. Whether you're new around here or not, I want to thank you and welcome you. Thank you so much for being here today. Please make sure to leave a love note in the reviews and let me know how you're loving the podcast. And don't forget to click that plus icon to follow the show so you don't miss the new episodes that come out each and every week. All right, let's get into it. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Kicking It with Courtney Lee podcast. I am your host, Courtney Lee, and you guys are in for a special treat today. I am joined here with Miss Corby Nitlide. And oh my goodness, she's a psychic medium. She has a very, very unique take on pre birth planning and past lives and changing our beliefs. So you are going to want to share this with your friends, your family, with whoever you can, because this is a very special episode. And I'm going to let Miss Corby take it over. Miss Corby, how are you doing today? Rocking and rolling, my friends. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I love that. Rocking and rolling. So can you tell us how did you discover reading and um, how has your expertise diversified along your psychic journey? Okay. Well, that means that we're going to start with what I call the 30-second elevator speech. Hmm. I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes, and I thought, ooh, there's magic in the world. I'm going to go find some. Mm. 1973, when I was a senior in high school, working part-time at Spencer Gifts. They had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it because we were all hippies then. You had your finch jacket and your elephant bell pockets and your deck. <laughs> now... Five years later, everybody else had moved on to roller skates and disco balls. I was still reading with the cards because they absolutely fascinated So for 20 years, I read for friends, making sure that I kept my ego out of the way so I could be a clear channel. All of a sudden, in the early 90s, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. <laughs> so I did it part-time while I had a very checkered career. Actress, author, inspirational speaker, video producer, legal assistant, executive recruiter, writer for the graphic novel series Unquest, but always this work for part-time until 9-11. Mm-hmm. When we will watch the towers burn, I turned to my husband and I said, I must do this work full-time. People need to know there are other answers out there. And he said, I believe you can do it. Since then, it's been six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about a thousand people a year and I get to get up in the morning. I don't have to get up in the morning. That's the gift. Ooh, I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Now you talked a little bit about the ego and putting the ego aside to, you know, be that clear channel. What does that look like and how can, you know, the rest of us do that? <laughs> well, for one thing, it's how you check to see if the intuitive you're going to is a good one. Because if the intuitive is the, I am so fantastic and my aura don't stink and you shouldn't go to anybody but me, 
run, baby, run. Mm. We are called to service, and that's the whole key. As John Holland, a very famous medium, says, we are the tube it comes from. It isn't us. We are what God's spirit uses to bring the knowledge down. Yes. And so when you're not worried about how you're going to come across, but, but you totally turn the radio over to the big fella upstairs, <laughs> that's when you give the most honest readings. That's when you don't fudge the information. You must trust that whatever you're getting needs to be put on the table and your client will take it or not using what will be good for them and leaving the rest. Mm, I love that. Okay. Yes. And that really coincides with what we hear today about, you know, we are the vessels, you know, it's not coming, it's coming through us, but it doesn't mean it's coming from us. So I really love how you made that distinction. Now, for those of you who um, listened to the last podcast episode, you know that my grandmother recently transitioned on Veterans Day. And so I will say that after her transition, I've definitely been doing a lot more, I guess you could say, soul searching, purpose searching, whatever you want to call it. But I want to ask you, Corby, why are we sometimes unable to connect with our loved ones or think we're not connecting with our loved ones after they've transitioned into the afterlife? All right. Part of it is I always try to give dead people, let's call it what they are, 90 days. Mm-hmm. To kind of get up there, sign the guest register, I'm back there, back and get the orientation tour. The reason is, and this is the metaphysical reason, when we transition, the soul, the higher self, needs to process what this personality has learned. Mm-hmm. So the personality goes through a life review. It's, it's kind of like defending your life, the old movie with, with Meryl Streep. Anything good that you did, any kindness, any altruism, you get to feel that joy, that gratitude, as if it were done for you. But any cruelty, any cheating, any lying, any hurt that you did to people, you will also have to feel it as if it was being done to you. That, my friends, is what hell really is. But when you're done, you're done. And the soul then hangs up the personality like a coat. Hmm. That doesn't mean you can't reach your grandmother. Let me use my father as an example. Mm-hmm. Dad was my best friend, and I have had contact. Mm-hmm. He was a brilliant internist cardiologist, and sometimes when I do medical intuitive work, he comes in and does a consult. <laughs> what does that soul bring with him? Well, he still does terrible puns. His kindness, his medical genius, his incisiveness, his compassion. But what has been dissipated and is no longer important to carry his depression, his anxiety, and his hypochondria. Mm. That's why when I say, yes, our soul is what reincarnates over and over again, but Courtney, Corby, this recipe is one and done. This particular recipe will never be here again. Mm. When your departed are up there, they're making that transition so that when you get them back, you should get them in only their most loving and compassionate form yes she's not going to pick on you because she doesn't like your jacket (laughs) (laughs) i love that oh my gosh i love that so much and you know what i do remember reading that somewhere about the 90-day life review so thank you so much for that reminder that that's absolutely right so what would you say is after the 90-day review what would you say is a surefire way 
if you want to say there is a surefire way, but what do you, what would you say is a way to connect with your loved ones once they've transitioned after they've gone through their 90 day or more life review? Well, the first thing that you need to do is kind of go to boot camp and that mm-hmm. is to know how to ground center and shield and keep yourself safe. Yes. It's like if you, you knew your grandmother was at the mall, but you didn't know who else was at the mall, you wouldn't go wandering in the mall without at least a phone with you. So yes, you can use a psychic medium, but remember, we're only human. And even the best of us are only 85% accurate. The only one 100% accurate is God, and he doesn't do phone meetings this week. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> your dearly departed may be busy up there. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't sit on a, crowd, a cloud in our BBDs with a heart. We're learning, we're growing, we're even possibly planning our next incarnation. Mm. As I say, they don't necessarily sit by the phone. If Aunt Rose is on a field trip, she won't answer. Yes. But it doesn't mean they don't love you. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Now, let's say someone has been successful in making contact with their loved one. What does it mean? And well, first I'll say, how can you identify if you feel their presence around you or in your home? And what does it mean when you do feel that presence? Well, sometimes they will be able to bring something down here. For instance, shortly after my mother died, my apartment was filled with the smell of emerald perfume. Now, I've never bought a bottle of emerald in my life. <laughs> I have one particular spirit guide that I, who was someone that I knew a hundred years ago when he and I were both alive. When he comes in, there is a certain smell of certain tobacco smoke. Mm. I don't smoke. Our husband doesn't smoke and the cats don't have thumbs. They couldn't like <laughs> pipe if they tried. So obviously that's hurt. So you can get lights flickering. You can get what they'll call EVP, electronic voice projection. You can get smells. Anything like that. You can get a book knocked off the shelf. Mm-hmm. One friend had a music box that her mother had given her, and she deliberately left it not wound, but every once in a while, boom, there that thing would be wound up and playing, and she lived alone, and she knew that was her mother. Oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Now, Number one, do you think that our loved ones can give us insights about their afterlife? And if so, what type of insights could they give? Like what type of communication can one expect either through a medium or without a medium? It depends. It's like saying there are 6,000 people in the room. What exactly are they going to do? Mm. 6,000 different people. I know that I tend to feel energy differentiation, for instance. Mm -hmm. When my father comes in, I will feel a heavier energetic presence in the room. And in this case, heavy doesn't mean bad. It just means thicker. Mm-hmm. You should never feel fear. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, but that's one of the reasons I want you to learn how to ground, center, and shield. So you know that you're surrounded by light. So you know you're safe. That's one of the reasons. Please, 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 everybody listening, don't mess with Ouija boards. I'm begging you. Oh, no. When you play with a Ouija board and you don't know how to ground center and shield, that is like throwing open your door in a strange neighborhood and yelling free beer. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's out there, but they heard you and they're coming. Yes. And I have had to deal with two hysterical teenagers who used a Ouija board, had no idea how to protect themselves, and said, who's there? And all of a sudden, the planchet spelled backwards very fast. 
I have an axe and I'm here to kill you. Oh Trust my me, goodness. it wasn't their uncle Danny. <laughs> oh my goodness. People, did you hear that? Please do not get involved in activities that you are unfamiliar with, especially without a professional, without guidance, without doing your research. Please. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. You wouldn't go into a chemistry lab because you saw how somebody else do neat stuff and start pouring stuff you don't know into an Allen Meyer class <laughs> because maybe you'll create the next vaccine and maybe it'll go bluey in your face. Mm. So you want to take a chance. Yes. Oh my goodness. Now, I was doing a little bit of research and I noticed that you talk a little bit about like our higher self and our pre birth planning and let me ask you this question. How does our higher self decide about our death and our pre-birth planning? We don't have just one. Mm. We have four or five possibilities. Mm -hmm. You could die of a high fever at four, a car accident at 18, mm -hmm. a mugging at 35, falling out of a window at 57, and throat cancer at 92. Mm -hmm. The reason that the soul sets this up, and I use soul and higher self interchangeably, is you have certain things you want to learn in life. And as you approach these things, the soul will decide, did I get it done? Am I good? Or is there more I want to do? Mm -hmm. I can give a perfect example. In 2002, I was driving on a rural road in upstate New York. Uh, my car hit a patch of black ice and I overcorrected. I took down a tree, a telephone pole. I flipped the car. It had electrical wires on it and I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. At no time did I feel like I was not going to die. It was like I was in an e-ticket mm. at Disneyland. I somehow knew I'd be all right. And I walked out with a couple of mild bruises. Now, this is also why never, ever, ever ask a psychic when you're going to die or how and don't let him tell you. Because whether or not they had been right, mm -hmm. if a psychic had said to me, I see you dying in a crack, then I would have died of fright. <laughs> yeah. You know, eventually, nobody here has an extended warranty. Your ticket will get punched, how they say it, but you live as if every day is the only and best day you will ever have. That's how you live, so that when it comes time for you to transition, you live, have left nothing undone. Mm, oh my goodness, this is so good. Are you guys writing some of these gems down? So, uh, and Corby just mentioned that she uses soul and higher self interchangeably. So for those of you who have had questions about these terms and you're overthinking these terms, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Let's see. How can the people that may appear as, let's say, thorns in our sides be of service? <laughs> How can they be of service to play a role that, as you say, we've asked them to fulfill in our pre-birth planning? And how can, we, how can we learn to appreciate them, even when there are being those thorns in our sides? <laughs> Nice guy, really. It's a part he plays. 
the way I explain it, and this will be very good for explaining the soul and the personality. Let's take the actor Matt Smith. Okay? Mm-hmm. Matt was the 11th factor on Doctor Who. He was my doctor, my crazy best friend with a bow tie and two short pants. But when he was done playing that, he hung up the doctor suit and he put on the costume for Prince Philip for the first two seasons of The Crown. When he was done with that, he hung up the Prince Philip suit. Now he's playing some whack job in the House of the Dragon. Matt Smith is your soul. The doctor, the prince, and the whack job are incarnations. But the soul is what makes the incarnations work. And the soul takes off the costume, which includes the emotional stuff, when it's done with that part. Mm, I love that. I love that. And you hear a lot of thought leaders talking about, you know, we're basically walking around in meat suits, you know, we, you know, we're being animated and the soul is that animation. And, uh, oh my goodness, you really touched on some, some great things. So here's a visual for you. Do you remember Men in Black, the first one? Yes. Okay. Remember the guy that had the cat? They pressed the button on his ear and the face flipped open and there was this little alien in there. Mm-hmm. Think of the little alien as our soul. And mm. running the personality. That's how it works. Yes. Oh my goodness. Great visual. I love that metaphor. Okay. Yeah. So are you hearing this, people? <laughs> so what? Okay. So that goes perfectly into my next question, actually. What are spirit guides? What are spirit guides and how? Should we work with our spirit guides to achieve our growth and our success as, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, or even those who are working in corporate America, you know, just success in general in life and in career? Okay. Do you remember Venn diagrams from math class? Oh, gosh. That's where you had the two circles and they kind of met partway in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the Venn diagram for spirit guides and angels is a donut. Hmm. Angels are in the middle. We all have at least one angel that is with us from birth to death. I don't know, maybe they have our name in the back of their tunic, like, you know, camp tags. You know, I belong to the party. Spirit guides are changeable, and they aren't just angels. When I say they're changeable, they don't necessarily stay with us from birth to death. They grow and change as we do. So they can be people that we have known before you know i would consider my father a spirit guide especially when he comes in to do medical intuitive work with me they can be people we knew in another life mm-hmm. they can be animal guides they can be avatars they can be ets they can be all kinds of things but the way you know that you are safe with a spirit guide is very important they're not going to tell you buy the blue car or the red car, eat peas or eat carrots, because that isn't necessarily going to grow you. Mm -hmm. They talk to you about what is important for the growth of your soul. Mm. Okay. Now, there are some big, everybody listening, if you're going to take notes today, take it here. There are some very specific things that a spirit guide or angel will not do. Mm-hmm. If you hear these kinds of things from that little voice in your head, put it on the do not use shelf because it's not a spirit, a guide, or an angel. Mm. It will not chastise you in a sharp or mean fashion, putting you down. It will not pump up your ego at the expense of someone else. It will not try to guilt you into doing something. 
Mm-hmm. It will not encourage you to do something that is illegal, immoral, harmful, or against your highest good. Something your gut knows is wrong or not in your best interest. If you get anything like that, it's your ego talking to you and not anyone outside you. Just ignore it. Mm. Now, oh gosh. your spirit guides want to help you be the best human being you can. So, mm-hmm. they may not tell you necessarily where to start your business. You know, should I buy the brownstone on East 42nd or should I really go for that loft outside of town? What they will do is say, what's your heart? Mm. Where do you see your clients? What do you want to give them? How will you learn from this? See, they're going to ask you the important questions. Mm-hmm. How can your soul grow from what you are doing? And I don't care if you are running, running a plumbing parts concern. <laughs> your guides might ask you, how are you treating your employees? They might say, where can you help someone who perhaps cannot afford something? Mm-hmm. Where are you putting your kindness and compassion? Maybe there's a head start about a mile down the road and they really need a a new kid's bathroom, are you willing to help them? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to supply things to a habitat for humanity house? Your spirit guides will help you be a bigger soul. Mm. That's their job. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Now, that brings me to the question of how do you distinguish between your spirit guides and your own inner conversation or, or I guess you could say your impulses or like how do you distinguish between your guides and your own, I guess, thoughts and presence? If it's a negative thought, if, if you're mad at yourself or whatever, my guide would, no, your guide doesn't care whether or not you broke your diet today. Take a chill pill. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Your guide would help you get off the drugs because they know that that is not only hurting you physically, but darkening your soul, not making it evil, but it is shadowed. It is harder to be your best self, to make a difference in the world, to learn the lessons you came down to learn mm-hmm. when you planned your pre-birth plan. Because, and this is important, karma is not bad and good. That the kindergarten. Mm. Karma is five things. Unbalanced energy, which is a neutral. Healing, service, contrast, and healing of beliefs. And I want to very quickly use a perfect example, and that is the example of Brian White. If you remember, in the late 80s, he got AIDS from a blood transfusion, but we did not know much about AIDS then at all. So his entire family was cruelly treated, and he was treated like a pariah by the people where he lived. Mm-hmm. But he still managed to be kind, considerate, cheerful, positive. He ended up meeting Elton John, who at that point was doing drugs and, you know, all kinds of horrible things, basically killing himself early. Elton was so moved by Ryan. He became close to the family. He played the piano at Ryan's funeral. Ryan inspired him to get off the alcohol and the drugs. And in Ryan's honor, he created the Elton John AIDS Foundation which has since raised over half a billion dollars for HIV and AIDS research. Now, mm. old way of thinking would say, Brian White must have been a horrible person. Look what God did to his bad karma. The new way of thinking is to realize that the soul of Brian White said, look, this is going to be a tough life and short, but look at what we can create mm. as a result. So yes. it was a karma 
of service. Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? That brings me back to a question that I skipped, which was, what is karma and service? What is the karma and service that people decide in their pre-birth planning? And what is a pre-birth plan? A pre-birth plan is just that. Your soul, your higher self, gets together with other souls Mm. that it has been with or that it wants to work with. And it, you know, I practically, I haven't seen it, but it's probably like a computer flowchart. Here's an example. My father was my best friend. Normally, his soul and mine are contemporaries, same generation, and each other's best friend. But I put a whole on my plate that I wanted to work out this time. And I knew that I would need a very dysfunctional relationship with my mother to do it. So I asked that, my soul asked that soul, would you come in as my father this time? Because I will need a father as a best friend. And we agreed to that. Mm, wow. So it really is like planning how a play is being made. Yes, yes. And you can definitely see how that ties into, you know, our life challenges and the different circumstances forming, you know, our service, you know, in the world. So, wow, interesting. Oh, my goodness. This is just so good. <sighs> okay. So, Corby, I'm not going to keep you for any longer. I would love for you to share with the audience how they can find you, where they can find you, and maybe book a reading with you and, and just get some more of your goodness. Oh, they can't avoid me. <laughs> they can't avoid me. You can go to my website, very simple, There are, I think, close to two dozen different kinds of readings and consultations you can choose from. And while you're there, there are at least a hundred articles on spiritual awakening, psychic stuff, past lives, you name it. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on medium.com. It's where I'm writing these days. And you can find me on Facebook at Corby Midline at Fire Through Spirit. Oh my goodness, Corby. Thank you so much, guys. Everything is going to be in the show notes. Please go check out Corby's work. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal. I was actually reading one of her articles the other day talking about how we live two lives at once. So you guys are definitely going to want to check that out if you're into, you know, like parallel universe theory and all of that good stuff. So please check her out. Everything will be in the show notes and I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Have a good day and thank you so much for kicking it with Courtney Lee. Mental health and love, businesses and God, motherhood the stars, learn and learn so never subscribe. You're kicking it with Courtney Lee. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me in today's episode. Please like and leave a review if you got something out of today's show because guess what? That helps other people just like you to find the show and get what they need their soul and their spirit so i'd really appreciate that and be sure to check out in the show notes other ways that you can connect with me thank you so much for your support and have a great day love you guys